Farmers in the Harvest. This podcast is a weekly conversation about the gospel and the work that God is doing through those who labor for him. Now, your host, Kevin Fulcher. back to Laborers in the Harvest podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. And um, if, whether you're a first-time listener or, or you've uh, been a subscriber and you're with us every time we put out a new episode, we just want to say thanks. Thanks for being here today. And um, you know we're looking forward to um, what God is going to do through this podcast. And I'm Kevin Folger, of course, the host. And I've got with me a special guest today. It's my joy to welcome uh, to Laborers in the Harvest, uh, Brother Bob Mack, and uh, Brother Bob is a missionary, he and his family, to the Ivory Coast of Africa. They're sent out of the Cleveland Baptist Church here in Cleveland, Ohio. And I think, as I recall, that your family was, um, if not the first, one of the first families that we sent out of Cleveland Baptist Church when I was uh, starting my pastorate here at the church. That's correct, Pastor. I think we're the first. Okay. Uh, as uh, you came in on, uh, if I remember correctly, September 10th. Third, third, third September third, yeah. and nineteen ninety five. By the way, nineteen ninety five, and I was ordained in this church on September tenth. Okay, and we left for the field on the fifteenth. So I think wow. we were the first. I'd say you'd be the first. I don't know yeah. that we could beat that. That's for sure. But uh, anyway, we we're glad to welcome you, Bob. And uh, of course, you and I have a long history. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came out of Bible college back in the late nineteen seventies, and. In the early 1980s, um, I was chomping at the bit to make an impact and do something, and so I begged and borrowed and pleaded with the school to allow me to teach Bible. And uh, your class, the graduating class of 1990... 1981. Uh, 81. 81, that's right. Okay, I thought it was 81. Uh, was the first class that I taught. It was a great group of folks, and it wasn't a large class. There wasn't too many folks in that class. What was there about... I think by the time we got to graduation, we were 13. 13. Yeah. But anyway, we had a good time, and I sure enjoyed uh, getting acquainted with you. I had known of you. Uh, At that point, I don't think your family were members of our church, but you attended the Christian school. And so let's just talk a a little bit, Bob. Let's get our our listeners acquainted with you. Um, Talk talk to me a little bit about your family. What's the makeup of your family right now? Well, uh, I was... uh... Again, born in 63 and grew up in Fairview Park, Ohio, and started coming to Heritage Christian School my seventh grade year and graduated from Heritage Christian and went off to college. So the family I grew up in, uh, you know, was a typical suburban type family, and we found the Lord uh, when I was around 12 years old. Uh, moving on to today, uh, Becky and I were married in 1991. The Lord has blessed us with nine, with four children. That's nine. nine. <laughs> I'm not sure what I was thinking there. Four children, and uh, our youngest, Luke, is 17. He heads off to college in the fall, so our children are now more or less grown, and uh, Bob and Marilyn are out on their own now. And uh, so that's kind of how our family is. Uh, You know, I'm 57 years old, so uh, the kids are grown and out, and and Becky and I are continuing in the ministry. Okay. You just, uh, your uh, oldest son, Bob, your namesake, Bobby, Mm -hmm. uh, just recently got married. Yes, he did, and uh, we really are extremely grateful to the Lord. Um, I was practically positive within the last uh, couple of weeks before the wedding that North Carolina was going to close down again due to COVID-19, and they didn't. It stayed mm-hmm. open, mm-hmm. and both the ceremony and the reception went very well. We are very, very grateful for what the Lord allowed us to do. Now, it is, uh, I think, Bobby and his, uh, uh, is it Michaela? Michaela. Michaela. 
uh, it's their intention, I believe, to come to the Ivory Coast as missionaries. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Uh, Michaela has one more year of school, and then she'll have a degree in sign language, and she wants to use that as a ministry in the Ivory Coast. Bob wants to come out and teach in the Bible Institute, and as well work with uh, Ivorian candidates in planting new churches. And so hopefully they'll be getting deputation around the beginning of 2022. Okay. So if I'm doing my math correctly, uh, you guys are just about ready to celebrate your 25th anniversary as missionaries under the Cleveland Baptist Church on the field. Is that correct? Yes, yeah, it is. Okay. Uh -huh. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's pretty, pretty important. Uh, a quarter of a century uh, being uh, missionaries uh, to the Ivory Coast. So what's kind of the current status of, of what's going on there with your ministry? I, I know it's multifaceted. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in, in uh, a little bit later in the broadcast, but let's... Where are we right now as far as the ministry is concerned? Um, you're headquartered where? Well, I, I continue to work out of the city of Bangerville. In our first term, we worked out of the city of Anyama. Uh, that was from September of 95 up until January of 2000. And in January of 2000, we moved to the city of Bangerville. And our ministry has entailed the opening of three churches, a church in Bangerville, a church up in the far north of the country in Zanapaydugu, and a church in the far west of the country in the city of Mont, and then opening evangelistic ministries through those churches that help meet the needs of specific communities and then profit from meeting that need to give them the gospel. Well, that's great. Um, for the, our folks that are obviously are maybe new, uh, maybe not all that familiar, um, the Ivory Coast of Africa is a French-speaking mm -hmm. uh, uh, group, uh, country. What, what's the kind of the, the history there of uh, the, the folks? Exceptionally so. Um, it was uh, formerly a French colony. It gained its independence in 1960. But different from the other French West African countries, which sort of had an attitude of removing everything French, uh, the Ivory Coast worked very hard to coalesce around the French language. Um, the education system is a function of the federal government there, and so if you teach in a public school, you are a federal government employee, and they will never send you to the area of the country that you're from to work or to teach because they don't want you slipping into the local language in the classroom. Mm. So every teacher is obligated to conduct his entire classroom using exclusively the French language, and as such, the Ivorians are prolific French speakers. Uh, so we're able to function very well in the ministry there using exclusively the French language. Yeah, that's wonderful. So let's uh, talk a little bit about um, your journey to the Ivory Coast. As I said, uh, you attended um, and graduated from our Christian school here back in 1981. So um, what kind of led to the, your call to the ministry, Brother Bob? Well, I accepted Christ at Heritage Christian, um, August 24th, 1977, first week of my freshman year of high school. I accepted Christ, and honestly, I'd heard the gospel for two years because I'd come to Heritage here my seventh grade year, my eighth grade year, and my family had begun attending a Baptist church at the beginning of my seventh grade year. And so I heard the gospel for two years before you know I finally realized my own personal need to accept Christ. And uh, shortly after receiving Christ, as I continued in the Christian school, I began to realize that not everybody in the world had that same opportunity. Uh, I just assumed that they had. I just assumed that every person on the globe had an opportunity to hear the gospel and to make his own personal decision. And as I began to realize that that was not the case, the Lord began to use that to uh, give me a desire to serve him in missions. Well, that's so getting saved here. And then was there a specific message or, or how did that kind of work as far as a call to be a missionary? 
I don't remember a specific message. Again, uh, at that point in time, I was a member of another Baptist church, but I sat down with the pastor of that church on a number of occasions and talked to him as to how I felt the Lord was uh, working in my mind and in my thinking. And uh, it was over the course of several of those discussions that that pastor said that he felt the Lord was directing me to be a missionary. And so, um, you know, with his encouragement and my parents' encouragement, uh, that announcement was made in a Sunday morning uh, at that church uh, when I was in 10th grade. 10th grade, okay. All right. So from that point, uh, obviously, there's a, a process that takes takes place. Uh, we don't just one day decide, hey, we're going to be a missionary, and then the next day we're on the mission field. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of our listeners would be familiar with that, but uh, your call specifically to a place. So uh, obviously, there's a general call. There's, there's a salvation. Uh, we understand Christ wants to save us. Once we're saved, we, we understand God has a plan for our life. But then it comes down to a more specific, okay, this is where I want you to serve. So how did that kind of work in your life? Yeah, when I went off to college, um, you know, I was thinking Central South America, you know, the idea of short flights was somewhat appealing. (laughs) Um, And as well, the college where I attended, uh, the only language they offered was Spanish, and so it seemed to work well. And interestingly enough, the only missions trip they took at that point in time was to Mexico. And I signed up for that trip after my sophomore year, and then my older sister Jenny uh, was engaged to be married, and her wedding conflicted, and so I canceled the trip. Came back my junior year to college and told our missions prof, I said, hey, I'm going on the Mexico trip this year. And he said, well, that's great, except uh, we're not going to Mexico this year. And this was the first year that they'd made a change. Mm. And I said, well, where are we going? He said, we're going to Togo. And in my geographical ignorance, I had no idea where that was. I said, to where? And he (laughs) says, no, Togo, it's in West Africa. (laughs) And I thought, you know, there is no way that I would ever end up there as a missionary but this trip sounds pretty intriguing, and I'm a missions major, so I think I'll go ahead and go, but I don't think that that's where I'll ever end up. But I passed, I would say I was in the country about 24 hours, 36 hours, and it was becoming very, very clear to me that the Lord wanted me to go back to that area of the world, sub-Saharan West Africa. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about that, because obviously people, maybe if they've never experienced that, um, you know, my testimony is I came out of Bible college thinking I'm going to the mission field. I had an opportunity to go and experience a short-term missions trip, and I had no peace whatsoever. Um, I, I, in fact, I was troubled because I didn't have peace because I, I thought, this is what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So in your situation, you're surrendered to missions, and you're thinking you're, you, you know, you want to go one place, but you get someplace else, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, maybe this is the place or this is the region. So what, what does that mean? Does that mean there's a, a peace? There? How, how did God communicate that to you? How did you know? Well, uh, you know, as I reflect back on that today, it's kind of uh, funny, to be honest with you. Uh, as I said, uh, we got into the country on a Tuesday, and that Wednesday, our group of 20 students divided up into groups of four or five, and each little group went with a different missionary to his midweek service in the church he was planting. So I ended up in this little village called Poji, and, and believe me, when you think African village, that is, that is precisely where I was. Very, very different from what I'm used to, but the experience was so overwhelming for me to be in such a place that was so entirely different from what I had grown up in, yet to realize that we were worshiping the same God, praying to the same God, reading the same word. And uh, the thought struck me, hey, I haven't committed to any other country I could come here. Mm. And that thought was immediately followed up with, no, 
there's no way that that could be the Lord's will for my life because I'm just liking this way too much. And we know that God wants us miserable, so there's no way he wants me here because I'm enjoying myself too much. And I went for about a week in my devotions, and finally the Lord got through to me, and he said, Bob, maybe the reason why you like it so much is because this is what I've created you to do. Amen. Yeah. That's wonderful. You know, we, we stop to think about that. We think sometimes that the, that the plan of God has to you know, go against the grain of who we are, what we want, how we, how we live, and what we desire. And the truth of the matter is, is that God, the God who saved us is the God who created us to do a specific thing, and we're not going to be really fulfilled and feel like we're, we're achieving his plan until we find that spot and we do it. It's, mm-hmm. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit, and I think maybe we'll have to conclude here today. We're, I'm, I'm looking at my, my notes, and I'm thinking that this is probably going to be maybe two to three uh, sessions with you. And so, um, so let's just kind of wrap up today, and let's just talk about some steps that you had to take to prepare yourself to, to get to the mission field. So we, we talk about a call. We talk about uh, God calling us. But again, there's a process that's involved in getting there. So uh, you start uh, after graduation from, from high school and attending college. Yeah, I went off to college uh, and got a four-year degree in missions, uh, minoring in Spanish and in uh, printing, uh, publishing. Um, and from there, I went off to aviation school. I started aviation while in college and, and had got my private pilot's license, and I wanted to complete that as there, was, there were still some countries in West Africa that were using aviation. And uh, so that took about another two years and three months uh, after graduating from uh, college. And uh, I was able to get the airframe power plant mechanics certificate as well as the instrument commercial flight ticket. And uh, from there, uh, I came back to the Cleveland Baptist Church to serve on staff. And honestly, I view that as being perhaps the most key element in, uh, in my preparation for going to the mission field. And you were uh, with us how long back in those days? <laughs> it's a funny story. Uh, in total, it was four years. I was anticipating one. Uh-huh. And uh, I came back and met with Pastor Roy Thompson, who immediately asked me what my marriage plans were, and I had no answer for that. And he also asked me what country precisely in sub-Saharan West Africa I was going to, and I had no answer for that. Mm. And so he said that rather than being on the pastoral staff, they would put me in the school to teach. And when I had the answers to those two questions, <laughs> then they could move me on to the pastoral staff. So I walked out of that meeting thinking, okay, not one year, but two. Uh, but in reality, it was not one year, but four. Yeah. Well, those were good years. I, I well remember them. I was uh, at that point not the pastor, serving on the pastoral team here. And uh, it was a, a joy to watch you and, and the, uh, do the work that God called you to do. You're very precise, very driven uh, individual, and I think uh, brought a great deal to the teaching element of our school. And uh, of course, then at a point um, when you settled those other questions, I think you did move on to the pastoral staff there. And what were some of your responsibilities that you took care of there as an intern? Uh, on the pastoral staff, I was responsible to put together a discipleship program. For... And by the way, let me just stop and simply yeah. say that was phenomenal <laughs> because we were looking at that point. I, I think I was the guy that worked with you on that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I knew that if anybody could articulate our positions and be able to do it succinctly but yet thoroughly, it was you. And I want to say thank you publicly on this <laughs> podcast because we're still using those yeah. those books that were developed back in well, the 1990s, and so it's yeah. been something that God has used in a, in a powerful way. So, well, I've looked at them from time to time and 
thought like maybe I'd like to come back and revise them and come out with a new edition. But uh, that was a big part of it um, as well. Uh, we restructured uh, our children's church time uh, while I was there, and I was responsible for that. And uh, also I worked in the college and career Sunday school class. Um, and so those are this, the three especially that I remember during that time. Uh, we were building um, the school building for Heritage Christian, and so there are a couple days a week typically I was out there um, helping with the construction of that building as well. Well, that's all good and great practical experience. So we're going to wrap up this episode right now, and uh, I want to say thanks again to our listeners for being with us today. Hope that you'll come back and, and be a part of this podcast next week as we continue our conversation with uh, missionary Bob Mack. And let me just say that Mack is not M-A-C-K, but it's M-A-C-H. That's how uh, it looks like it should be Mock, but it's Bob Mack. And uh, they have been missionaries sent out of the Cleveland Baptist Church since 1995. They're uh, mission board is uh, BIMI, and they represent that mission very, very well. Well, once again, thanks for listening, and hope that you'll join us again next week for Laborers and the Harvest. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you have been encouraged by today's podcast. If you have been helped, we want to encourage you to subscribe and to share. Please feel free to leave us a comment. If you want to know more about Kevin Folger and the ministry, please visit his ministry at kevinfolger.com. We invite you to join us again next time for more Laborers in the Harvest. Mm-hmm.